0: This Eufy Lock is fantastic and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. If you guys don't wanna do those things for me, you can shove it up your Truly, I do so many things for you. I ask you for very little. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday, and thank you for joining the first episode of Your Welcome in the New Year 2024. Guys, it's the first time I've said it. I haven't had to write it yet, but it's the first time I've said it. How about you? Right, 2024, here we are, and you know what? We've already had some news come out. We're going to break a little bit of that in the spirit of the holiday on today's show. Plus, I'm going to look ahead to the next UFC pay-per-view. And a headline I saw about Paulo Costa being drug tested more than John Jones. I'm going to get all of that today. But first, let's begin with this. Conor McGregor, what a racket. I mean, what an absolute racket this guy is running. <laughs> it's, so, it's so effective, and I don't know when it's going to quit working. I don't know if it has an expiration date. Like, if you're a troll, but you're the best troll, it doesn't run out. Are you guys aware that? Like, from a fan psychology standpoint, it never runs out unless somebody else sees it and somebody else through competition becomes better than you, then you can become extinct. But if you stay out front in anything, it might not be what it once was. It might not get the same effect, but it doesn't have an expiration date. Are you understanding the difference there? Like, Vince McMahon is very content to the concept that every character needs tweaked, at least tweaked, every 14 months. Now, he doesn't have to bring you in under a mask and take you, he doesn't have to walk you in in white and then bring you out in black at a different time. He just says it needs tweaked. I'll use Chris Jericho, for example. Y2J's getting over the, everything's going well, and then they finally just put a scarf on him. Because Y2J was so good and you guys liked it so low, but you, just, you needed to tweak it. Do you understand the difference? And I'm sharing with you the racket that McGregor is running. <laughs> so McGregor puts out a tweet that he will be announcing his next fight on New Year's. Okay. Now, if this is the business you're in, okay, I can't know that the sport's biggest star is going to make an announcement and not respond to it, but let Ariel Helwani respond to it. Or let, I'm trying to think of other people that are are talking heads over here, right? I mean, I got to be on the forefront. I'm talking about me, me personally. Like when Conor puts this out, if in fact he's telling the truth, which he never does, I need to get a piece to you guys before. The other competition. I don't expect you to fully appreciate that, but I think that you would, I think that that would make a level of sense. And I think that you would understand it, right? It would be no different than a tweet. If I can be the first to tweet who Connor's opponent is going to be, I'm going to do better than the person that's fourth to tweet the same piece of information or be forced to retweet what somebody else had first put out. Now, when McGregor says he's going to put it out for New Year's, that in and of itself isn't enough. Like, does that mean at 12.01? Like for New Year's, the ball drops, the information comes out, woo, like all all at once? If it does mean that, is that 12.01 Ireland time? Twelve oh one East Coast time Pacific Coast time something called Central Mountain time nobody even knows where that is or where the Central Mountains are I maybe mean, right? like what well, you don't really know so now you're stuck in, in, in a juxtaposition where you you you've got to keep your phone with you at all times wondering is that going to come out through Twitter or is that going to come out through Instagram like you're you're stuck in this really weird spot so then it comes out. Turns out the answer was Ireland time and it flashes to McGregor. And this piece had been pre-filmed. It had been pre-filmed and pre-edited and saved till a certain time and then Conor drops it. But it's Conor out at a bar type establishment, a restaurant type establishment, getting hammed up on some kind of expensive swill And says he's going to fight Michael Chandler, says that's going to happen on June 29th as part of International Fight Weekend, and says it will happen at 185 pounds, and then laughs obnoxiously, and he should have. It was funny. It was funny, and he got a big part of our community to stop what they were doing and to pay attention. But what do you do with that story once you have it? I mean, what do you do with that story once you have it? And don't forget, guys, there's not a pundit or a journalist out there that needs to be accurate or has an interest in being accurate. As long as they can hang their hat on something that should have been accurate, they'll run with the piece. Like, you'll never have to think that Conor McGregor is going to fight Michael Chandler at 185 pounds on June 29th as part of International Fight Week. You'll never have to do that to put the story out if you have a source that should know, which in this case is Conor McGregor. So you could be a piece, a member of the media, knowing that your thumbnail and your caption is going to do good traction because it's an announcement about Conor. And you could not believe it at all, but if you have a source, which is Connor, you'll run it. And then you'll run a retraction the next day. And then you'll run a specification the following day. You'll get paid for each one of them, right? It's this just, just game. But very few people understand the game. It would appear that McGregor does. Now, I saw a lot of people run with that story, but I, I'm just sharing with you how when you know it's not true, like there was a game that came up when I was a kid. Did, did you guys have uh, two truths and a lie? Did you ever play that? So you're you're going to tell your your audience who's playing with you three things. Two of them will be true and one of them will be a lie. And you try to tell them things that they would never know. You're to reveal things to them like, oh my God, what? Like things they wouldn't know about you and go, that must be the lie. But if if all three of them are these, oh my God, I didn't know that about you. It's hard and it is a really fun game. But that is very clearly what happened here. McGregor tells two truths. He's going to be fighting Conor McGregor on June 29th, and then he tells a lie at 185 pounds. So how do you report that? I'm just asking you guys. And I understand, like the term fake news is is very real. It's very, very real. And the people that put it out know, like Journalism 101, Cite your source, but at the same time as cite your source, if you can cite a reasonable source, you can run with a story that you know is garbage. So let me just practice. How would I report? that? Hey guys, big news. Conor McGregor, International Fight Weekend, I know you guys like to go out to that. And it's always in July, comes as close to the 4th of July as you can get, sometimes even after it. But in this case, it's coming a month prior. It's going to be in June. June 29th out of T-Mobile, Las Vegas, Nevada. There are not tickets for sale, so don't try to do that. But Connor is gonna fight Michael Chandler. That's finally gonna come around. And my source on that is Connor. Connor's the one that told us that. Oh, and you know, in the same story, he told us he was gonna do it at 185 pounds, which of course is not true. But the other things are, I mean, I I think. My source for the other things are the same person, which is Connor, that told me the part that I know is not true of 185 pounds. But I, I think that the source was, I think he was serious at, at first, and then I think he was joking at the end. So, okay, you know what? Now that I think of it, I, I have no idea if any of this is true or why it would be. And I've never heard of an on-sale announcement taking place before tickets are in to a system. And Connor fighting Michael Chandler next is old news and June is s- six months away. So, you want to get some pizza? Bigger fight, Anasanya versus Strickland or Sonia versus Duplessis. And you know, I think that you guys should probably strap in because I have a feeling over the course of now until, is it, is it the 19th of January? And now until Strickland versus Duplassie, I have a feeling we're going to revisit this a number of times. Now, make no mistake, this fight was rushed to the market. It was rushed to the market for a reason. And let's be clear, we don't know what that reason is. We're left to guess. Strickland versus Duplessis is the next fight, it's the right fight, it's the fight the world's want to see, said nobody ever. So all of that has changed. I, I understand now they got a real hot hand, but nobody was discussing that fight, and for very good reason. For very, very good reason. Strickland already had an opponent, in fact he had two he had Sonya anytime Sonya wanted to, to throw that golden ticket down. But we also had had a number one contenders match for Strickland's belt, and that was won by Cosmat Shemaya. So there would be no reason to discuss Duplessis. Now, I bring that to you, and it is so important that you understand that detail because the winner of this fight versus Izzy is the plan, but plans change fast. So the question becomes, whose plan was it? Because there's nothing different in a fight relationship or a business relationship or a personal relationship. Whoever cares more is weaker. So I'm just asking you, whose idea was it? Who really wants that fight? because you're going to have two very different approaches. Okay, let's say that it's Izzy that wants the fight. I don't believe that's true, by the way. But I would like to make a point for you, and I know you'll understand it best if we take it from the perspective that Izzy really wants the fight. It is incumbent that Izzy be there. It is wildly incumbent that Israel Adesanya insert himself, no matter how big of a star he is, Strickland and Duplessis went from nothing. Nobody wanted to see this fight. Not one. I actually, I actually brought this point to you a few weeks ago, and I had this guy leave me a comment. Chael, you don't know what we want. We've all wanted to see this fight. Like, no, you didn't. That's not true. A simple Google search with a predate of the fight being announced will tell you that it was never discussed. You did not want to see it. And it's important that you understand that because it's now the hottest fight that's currently signed. If you, the audience, had your choice between, between seeing John Jones and Stipe or Strickland versus Duplessis, now it wouldn't matter the Jones state, it wouldn't matter any of them. The number one fight that is currently signed right now, if it was McGregor Chandler or you could see Duplessis Strickland, the number one fight that you want to see that's signed is Duplessis and Strickland, and why do I keep making that point? Why do I keep going back to that? Because look at what they did. They came from nothing, and they did it in two spots. You'll get the the dum-dums that just can't open their eyes and see what's going on here, right? That this is all about, this is about what you can do, and it's not about what you can say. You know, I let let my fighting speak for itself. Okay, there was a fight that you didn't want to see. Neither guy fought again. Neither guy threw a punch again, and it's now the fight that you want to see most. So, when I'm drilling this home for you and getting you to understand the concept, there is a bit of a dialogue that the winner draws into, uh, draws into Adesanya, and there's a bit of a dialogue that Adesanya and uh, Chemayev are going to have to battle out in the, the media a little bit, because Chamayev has also earned number one contenders, right? You get this little bit of a battle, and the one thing that everybody is missing— the one thing is a rematch between Duplessis and Strickland. And if you understand how far they have come from being a fight that you never cared about, never asked for, never wanted, to carry in an entire pay-per-view, you don't know who the co-main event is that night. You don't know who the headline of the prelims is. You don't know who's opening the card. You don't know anybody part of that event. You only know that main event. And it's a really big deal that you understand how far they have come and how short of a period of time. Because if Israel Sana is not there that night, and this fight between Strickland and Duplessis turns out to have anything on it, if it's a great fight, they will now be a contender to rematch. If it is a controversial fight, they will rematch. If it is an upset... If Duplessis takes the belt and Strickland takes a microphone, they could rebuild 300 right there that night, unless Izzy is there. Then they won't have the opportunity. They will cut right to Izzy. Izzy will come in, he will build a promo, and off you go. And, and the people that say, I'm going to let my f- fighting speak for itself, will once again be faced to see that's the least important thing. So, it's a big thing to keep your eye on. I mean, if they were to rematch these two guys, right? If Duplissy and Strickland, which was nothing and now is huge, turns out to be a rematch worthy, what looks like Adesanya and Shmaev don't have to fight it out in the media. They would both be open, and they could just fight, figure it out that way. Paula Costa has been drug tested 134 times from Musada, and John Jones, 111. And that's a really fascinating stat. John Jones, who hit under a ring and finally admitted he hit under a ring, has failed multiple tests and currently has picograms within his system, was tested 18.5% less than a guy who's never been hot, but tells the world that he is. Right? I mean, that's interesting. Like, imagine imagine how many times I would be tested if that was there. Paulo Costa claims that he has secret juice. He claims that he is taking the juice. It's a fascinating thing. Why would you have to test him so many times? You have the world's best, And, and see, but this in lies part of the problem. Usada's is not very good. USADA is the best out there. Like, both of those statements can be true at the same time. And it was always an amazing phenomenon around USADA. Like, they did such a good job with marketing, right? The UFC brought them in purely as a PR move. If you'll remember that time for like, we have to get this cleaned up and we want to do it with one fail swoop. Who do we do that with? Boom. Novinsky, job, boom. Travis Taggart, get him on conference call. And it worked. It worked because they truly are the best. USADA truly is the best. They're just not very good. It's, it's one of those spots, and you, you see this all the time, right? You'll see this with military constantly. We're the best military in the world. Maybe, maybe not. Who fights each other? Like I don't have a military. Who's going to go contest that? Can I go to a kid that I knew from school? Can he bring his military for? Like, what are you talking about? It's one of these things where there's one drug testing agency that goes around the clock that people have heard of because they did a really good job with marketing. It's all relevant. This isn't my attempt to give USADA the business. It's relevant. If you're the best and you know a guy is dirty, but you can't catch him, you're not very good. Can Can we just agree? Okay. So... Lusada's the one that came out and smartened the world up. They smartened everybody that you can flush your system. And the world did not know that. There was a select few. And I would ask these questions all the time. I was always so curious. I was always so curious. What are guys doing? How are guys doing it? And then you've also got the super sports agencies that dose their own athletes without the athletes even knowing. What was that show? I want to call it Balco, Balco, but it wasn't Balco. Balco was Victor Conte's thing, and they had the clear out in California. What was it called? That where and Netflix did the special on it. It was like a, it was like a one word, Cupid or Cupidus or Balco. You guys know what I'm talking about, but it was where the Russian government was dosing the athletes. The athletes truly did not know. They started as kids, and th- that is very common. In Russian athletics to this day, you will identify a great athlete. You will take him from his home. You will get him in something full-time. I'll use the wrestlers, for example. The Russian wrestlers, they don't even train them in wrestling. They started them out in gymnastics. They identify. Then they get them on a mat playing a little bit. But they don't take them to competitions. They don't have him fully training. You you just kind of play, you learn, you start to get the sport, you start to get around the guys, and then if you are identified as somebody that can be elite, they bring you into the program and they will give you steroids at 15 years old. I used to have to grow up and live through this as a wrestler, what they're doing at the European Championships. Oh, God. It would be so painful to me to have to hear about the European Championships. The, the idea of wrestling or American teams sacrificing and raising money and flying out and going and training in Moscow and doing these different things because those guys have the secrets they had nothing, they had steroids an arm drag is an arm drag and a gut rich is a gut rich how naive are you to think that there's 20 different ways to hit a duck under how naive are you to think oh, I, I'm going to hit a slide by there's only a few moves that score in Greco-Roman wrestling but the Russians had the secret, like hell they did I bring this because nobody really knew how to beat USADA until USADA told us. And they told us by the banning of IVs. And IVs is not a substance, right? USADA is supposed to be there to do the logistics before you send it off to one of two labs, either on the campus of UCLA or in Salt Lake City, right? Like, USADA doesn't even have the ability and or the science. They're ran by a guy with a degree in Judas Prudence, right? I mean, they're not not what you think that they are. But they did have a good reputation, and they were pretty good with the logistics. They ban IVs. IV is not a substance. IV stands for intravenous. It is a form of administration. And this was this huge, like like flashing light. In front of everybody's eyes, going, why is a testing agency banning a form of administration? You guys ever been to the emergency room? Wouldn't it matter what emergency room, anywhere in these United States, all 50 of them, you could be in there for a broken arm, you could be in there because you were having a heart attack. The very first thing they will do after getting your insurance card, of course, is give you an IV. There won't even be a dialogue. Won't matter if you're old, young, black, white, Jewish, Christian, rich, poor, you will be given an IV. So for USADA to ban them was very alarming. It's like, wait a minute, what if I end up in the emergency room? I'm not even requesting it. I'm probably not taking myself to the emergency room. I'm probably unconscious somewhere. And somebody took me. I wake up and I'm, I'm now banned from sport. It was a shocking overstep by them, which makes you wonder why it was important to do not for nothing. You want to know another thing about USADA? They are very reasonable. That's the part that a lot of people didn't talk about. USADA was reasonable. This, This was unreasonable to ban a form of administration, but they still did it. And you have to wonder why. So once you start to look into that, that's where you start to find out, oh, you take the substance intravenously you then flush it with a fluid IV. And USADA was only one thing that they claimed they weren't. Other than that, they were very, very straightforward. But this is PR and a lot of that is gamesmanship. And the one thing that they claimed to be that they were not was 24-7, 365 drug testing. There's a break. It's called a good night sleep clause. It's the exact verbiage that they use. And it is from 11 p.m. in whatever time zone you're in to 6 a.m., whatever time zone that you are in. Now, that's not a lot of time, but you get a buffer on both sides of that. Like like doing a drug test, they're going to allot three hours to do. So if the clock ends at 11 p.m., well, not really. It it really ended at 8.01, right? If it takes three hours and they're supposed to be out of there by 11 at 8.01 PM, if they're not there, they're not coming. The same thing would go in the morning, right? If you're worried that you're going to have USADA, your alarm goes off and you get a call and there they are, no problem. You use the bathroom before you open the door. You then invite them in. You start making your coffee, start having having your morning going. You don't have to do the test until you want to do the test. You cannot use the bathroom without doing it into their cup. So you just got a very small game going there. But, I mean, that's beatable for a smart mark as well. Whether whether you do the test and then you you knock it off. I had to knock it off the counter one time. They they, they, they wouldn't leave. So you you give them the sample, and then when you turn to give it to you, you knock it off the counter. You buy yourself a couple of more hours. The great one, of course, is to just take a shower. Now, they're going to come with you. They're going to tell you that you can't urinate, but they're then going to come with you and watch the shower. So you're, you know, you're spinning in the shower and you're soaping, blah, blah, blah as you're urinating. Like there's a lot of ways to get yourself time. And when you're doing the substances that they're worried about, that can be taken intravenous and be chewed up and eaten out as opposed to going intramuscular and having to, to, to flush through your organs, one hour is a lifetime. So you buy two on the front end, you buy yourself two on the back end, and all you have to do to buy yourself time on the back end is not pee in front of You can pee right in front of them. They wouldn't know. The shower thing. is. The point is, okay, the point is, if you're wondering why you'd have to test a guy who's told you, he's openly told you, you have another guy who never told you he denied it, but every test that he has, has steroids in them. And if you're wondering, just as a viewer, why would the guy who's never popped be tested 18.5% more than the guy that did pop? Like, if I'm the best in the world, which is what I claim that I am, I'm the most expensive in the world, if I'm all of those things, I don't need 133 tests to get you. I just need one. Well, that's true. But you do start to understand you can be the best in the world at something and not be all that good at the same time. Summer is coming up, and that might mean that you're going to have a little more time on your hands. Why not use it to learn a new language? Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, is here to help you. Some of you may be traveling abroad this summer, and you might want to experience that country beyond just the touristy-type spots your experience could be upgraded just by learning the native language. Now you can download the Rosetta Stone app to your phone or tablet and learn on the go while driving, riding on the subway, running on a treadmill, or even laying poolside with just a 10-minute lesson per day. Rosetta Stone's lessons are designed for long-term retention of language skills rather than short-term memorization. The focus of the program is preparing you for real, authentic conversations, not just knowing a couple of translations. It's like having your own personal trainer for language learning. Rosetta Stone has been used by millions of people for over three decades. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a limited time. My listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off. Unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. That's a steal. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovas is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good-looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round-tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head-to-toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me, and he's asking me where I got them. I told him the only place to get them, to And they have a seasonal, limited-edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Takovas has first-wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit Tacobas.com. That's T E C O B A S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to Decovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile Wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase the three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey, do you guys think that Chumayev will become champion in 2024? It, it, do, you like that? do you like that when I ask you a question? Cause I only got two choices. I can ask you a question or I can tell you something. Here, let's start the piece over. Hey guys, is gonna become champion in 2024. But I'd like to know what you think. And you wanna know why? Something's going on, and you see it and I see it. And we take guesses and we do guesses publicly, and you leave comments publicly as an internal way of psychologically changing the universe, right? <laughs> like Like we think if we call something out, that one it will ever come true, or, or moreover, we usually feel if we call something out, it will not come true. I'm going to call it out to stop it from happening. So when you're looking at Welterweight and you're looking at Jemiah before you tell me he can be champion in 2024, before I tell you that he's going to be the champion in 2024... We're usually talking about skills. We're usually talking about the current guys, and we believe that person can beat everyone, but we're never right, right? We're never right because the real question on who can be champion is not who is the best. I mean, they got a guy that's had 17 fights and he's finished 17 people. He's not the champion. He's not even in a championship match, right? The real question is, can he get the match? The belt has never represented who is the best. That, that's, just, that's like a theory. It's like kind of this moving, working target, Right. <laughs> The the belt will largely represent who does the audience want to see most. It will will stronger represent who does the audience want to see most than it will who is the best. But who the audience wants to see most is the best because that is the number one thing that you're trying to win over. So it gets to be a little bit of a philosophical situation. I'm just asking you if Jemaya can even get the opportunity. He's the number one contender. He's not even being discussed for a title shot. Shemaya is a number one contender. They didn't even announce his injury. They didn't even announce that he wasn't feeling well. They didn't even announce that he was going into surgery. They didn't do anything. They just brought in Duplessis and moved right on. So when that hand heals, it's not as though the hand heals and he returns to what he left off at, which is a number one contender. It's, it's not like that. There was no discussion at all. And... There can't be, because the current plan is to bring Izzy back and have him take on whoever the champion is. So when I ask you, do you believe he can be champion? You have to first address, do you believe he can get the match? And there is something going on at 170 pounds, and we don't know what it is. Everything is on the table to the fact that Conor McGregor did a whole song and dance about he's going to announce his next opponent. And people were strongly believing that he was going to announce that he was going to be fighting Leon at 300 for the championship. And as silly, right, as, as, as silly as that idea might be, something is going on. Bilal Muhammad is the clearest number one contender at any weight class the sport of mixed martial arts has. Any organization and any weight class, there is one clear-cut number one contender. I mean, by example, at 185 pounds, who's a clear-cut contender? Is it Du It sure was the night that he beat Whitaker, but then is it still Du when Anasanya is now a contender? The night that Duplessis became number one contender, Adesanya was not eligible to be in that field because he was the champion. As soon as he lost, he becomes a contender. Yeah, of course he should be the number one contender back for his own championship, but that's not what was said. What was said is the winner of Jemayev and Usman would become the number one contender. I mean, do you see where it gets weird? So now you got three number one contenders, but all the divisions are like that. Like who should Espinall fight next? Is Aspinall champion or is John Jones champion? Can you be a champion that says, I can't even walk out there and try because the commission won't even license me. Like, can you do that against a a 20-some year old buck knocking people out in the first round? I mean, you, you, you end up in these debates and that's okay. We just don't have one at 170 pounds. That's my point. We don't have one. There is not a debate. It's Blaha Mohammed. But Blaha Mohammed wasn't announced to be the number one contender. In fact, he was asked about specifically And he was not said no specifically, but he damn sure wasn't said yes specifically. So what is going on there? Is there an interest in Rachmanov? Is that what that whole thing was about? Because an injury report then comes out, which they never should have done. I'm going to move on. An injury report comes out on Rachmaninoff, which is nobody's business and created fraud to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which you're allowed to defraud. Like if there's any commission that's not going to do anything, it's that one. But Rachmaninoff comes out on his own volition to let them know that he defrauded them and that he's injured. Okay. Well, now that we know that, We can go back to Blahal mohammed Well, but we didn't. Why? Something is going on. So, uh, all right, the only other person that's even talking about that belt is Islam Makhlachev, who was pretty active talking about it. In fact, he talked about when Colby and Leon were fighting, he, he tweeted out, said, man, I'll finish both of these guys, which by Islam standards is a very egregious statement By Islam standards, he was also live in attendance that night. He was letting it be known. I'm serious about that. I appreciate that. So, is it Islam? Well, no, at least not if you're looking at 300, right? And maybe that's the detail we have off. Maybe Leon and 300 have nothing to do with one another. I mean, it's not as though that would be enough. It's not as though that's going to draw. Leon is not that kind of a draw. If Leon got put on 300, he's not getting put into a main event spot unless you do something wild and crazy like bring Islam in. But, you know, you have Ramadan going on, you have Islam saying, I'm not doing it, or at least I'm not going to do it for a period of time. How how dead set is he on those kind of convictions? I, I don't know the answer to that. But it starts to look more and more as though it is not Islam. So if it is not Islam, it clearly should be Blahal, but it's not. It can't be Rachmanov, who, according to himself and his team, just defrauded the Nevada State Athletic Commission and all of you. Then who would it be? And you just start by process of elimination, running out of players. Now, it it, it should be who it should be, which is Mohammed. But if it's not who would it be? And your process of elimination starts to get very small. And that's where you start to start turning your head back to Kozma Chimaev. This is a guy that was on a fast track. This is a guy who there is people in certain parts of the world would like to see as the champion, but you can't even give him a championship opportunity because you now have Izzy and you have DDP and you, right, you, you see, see the moving parts. I think he's too big to make 170 pounds, but I don't think the performance that he had at 185 pounds was exactly the one that he and company were looking to have, and he could have his options other places. I don't have this scoop, by the way. I don't have this information. Chamayev has been very difficult to get a read on. But I do know he's a very tough guy, and I do know a little broken bone in your hand would only slow down. I mean, right, a guy that's going to be slowed down with a little broken bone in his hand is the same kind of guy that's going to pull out of a fight because he's got a cut about his eyebrow, okay? Chemayev is not that kind of guy. Chemayev is up to something. And if he's not coming back and demanding... His championship opportunity, 185 pounds, which was promised to him. If he's not doing that, it does make me think it's because he has a different plan. And the only thing holding me back from telling you that he's going to return to 170 is his pure size. The last time he tried to go to 170, he missed it by 8 pounds. Like, I don't think that it's all that much of a likelihood. But I also don't think Blahal Mohammed being passed over when he is so clearly the right choice... between the two ridiculously wild stretches, do we not give Lahal what we promised Bahal and what is obviously his, or do we bring Chimaev back down to a weight class that he missed by eight pounds over a year ago and put him in? I don't know guys, both things seem a little bit weird. And my final analysis is something is going on and we don't yet know what that is. Back out there in the headlines, man. And it's not really for something that he did. Did you guys see the Kevin Holland shirt? Kevin Holland is doing a workout. He's got his gloves on. Somebody takes a picture of him. You look past the gloves, he's got a shirt on of Ian Gary's face and it says wagged on it. Now, the reason that's fair game is only one. Ian Gary did that to Jeff Neal. He put his face on a shirt. And it was, it was even a mugshot. Neil got brought in on, like, a driving infraction, but they had a mug shot of him, and he took that picture. And, put it, and it really pissed Jeff Neil off. It really did. Jeff, that that embarrassed Jeff, and then that angered Jeff, and he thought, that, and Jeff thought that was out of bounds, by the way. Thought it had nothing to do with the fight. It's a personal attack that embarrasses me. So the only reason that's fair game, right? And you got to understand how out of bounds this is for Holland. I mean, all his love and... All is fair in love and war. Yeah, fair enough. But when Ian Gary did it to Jeff Neal, Ian Gary was trying to build a fight opposite Jeff Neal for which a bout agreement was signed and a venue was booked and tickets were on sale. Kevin Holland's got no business with Ian Gary. Kevin Holland's getting ready to fight with MVP. Ian Gary's getting ready to fight with Jeff Neal. So Kevin Holland coming out. And aren't they they in the same card, guys? I mean, I personally love these kinds of things. I, I find them really interesting. But, but, make sure okay, let me let me spell out the scenario for you. Go out. you sit down in a press conference. you got he you got you got Kevin Holland wearing a wagged shirt with Gary's face on it, which is gonna sing Gary through the Mother effing roof, okay? But Gary's not there to fight Holland. Gary's there to fight Jeff Neal. So all of a sudden, Holland starts going after Gary, and Jeff Neal's going to be like, hey, thanks, man, right? I mean, uh, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. But on the other time, Jeff Neal's going to go, hey, stay out of it. You're building a fight against the guy that I'm getting ready to fight. Handle your business and let me take care of mine. Like, it puts everything in this really weird juxtaposition. (laughs) So now Jeff Neal's got to figure out, Am I rolling with Holland on this one? Like, is it me and Holland versus Gary? Which would be really helpful because Gary on the stick can handle Jeff Neal. But I don't know that he can handle, I don't know that he can handle Holland. And I know he can't hollow handle Holland and Jeff Neal. Now, the move, okay, the, the move here that nobody has seen and the right move is to team up with Gary. That's the one that they're all missing. The move is to come out there with Team Gary and stand in defense of Gary, because now you have that pool to yourself. that the teaming up on him was fun for a period of time. And it's still there, by the way. like like Holland's got his own beef and his own reasons for doing that with Gary. and i will I will just tell you that adds a lot of fun and excitement to it. It really does. When you have two guys on a stage that are going at each other, oh, by the way, but that they're not fighting each other, like it's just a very interesting dynamic somebody that teams up with Gary is the one that's going to get over and get the uh, loudest pop, though. So let's just see where that all goes. I mean, I just think that it's an interesting situation. I think it puts Jeff Neal in a very interesting situation. And what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? The obvious move is to go after Gary. The obvious move for Kevin Holland was to go after MVP, he hasn't mentioned MVP's name. He went after Gary. The more unobvious move turned out to be the more interesting move. So we're playing a little game of chess here. It now, not only is Gary's turn to go, it's also Jeff Neal's turn to go. They both, as partners, right? and don't forget, this card isn't laid out yet. Everything is a competition. So right now, they're competing for media attention, and there will be a winner. The winner is whoever fights last. Whoever, when this card gets booked, between Ian Gary and Jeff Neal or Holland versus MVP, whoever won this little game that Kevin Holland is currently playing will be recognized by fighting later in the night. All right, you guys, that is it for today's program. Thank you for listening. And I really do appreciate those of you that leave reviews over on Apple Podcasts. I don't like asking for those. They feel a little bit weird, and people want all these five stars. They want you to subscribe. They want you to check it. My producer asked me to say that. He really does, and I do it out of respect. If you guys don't want to do those things for me, you can shove it up your Truly, I do so many things for you. I ask you for very little, and I'm asking you to go over there and leave a comment for me. It makes me look good publicly, and it shines my ego. But if you're not that kind of guy, I don't really care. I will tell you who is that kind of guy. That was Thomas, and he said, you have the best insight when it comes to fighting, Uncle Chael. Yes, I do, Thomas. And I hope that you all are back on Friday. Tell that I'm Chael Sonnen, and you can shove it up. I mean, and you are welcome.